You are listening to the Enormo Cast. The Enormo Cast is proud to have La Sportiva as a sponsor. For nearly a decade now, La Sportiva mirrors have been my go-to shoe for sport, long routes, and I even sent my latest thin crack project using the wonderfully precise toe of these magic shoes. And though the Mira is the one shoe to rule them all, nowadays I round out the quiver with katanas and testarosas. The quality, the craftsmanship, and the performance of La Sportiva shoes is simply the best. In fact, I have literally taken new katanas from the box, smelled them, and then compulsively rubbed them on my face. It's really quite breathtaking. You should try it. And now, as if the legacy of the Mega, the Calculator, the Mythos, and the TC Pro was not legend enough, La Sportiva introduces the Genius, a high-performance shoe so advanced you might not feel worthy of its charms. But I assure you, my friend, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and, well, people will want to belay you in the Genius. So to luxuriate in Italian craftsmanship and to check out La Sportiva's full line, Climbing shoes, mountaineering boots, approach shoes, and trail running shoes. Go to Sportiva.com or your nearest climbing retailer. Oh, and don't let them catch you rubbing them on your face, because that's just messed up. Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? you playing here? We're doing the... Uh Enormo Dome, whatever it is, it's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place, that side of town. That's a big nice. place. You sold also, it out. I'll see. Oh, you really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes. And now, La Sportiva has joined the Enormo Nation as a premier sponsor. And of course, don't forget Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com, enter Enormo at checkout to get a discount on great coffee and to help out the Enormo cast. Please support all of our great sponsors and let them know that you love them. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Ormacast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. It is August 11th, about 9.30 Mountain Daylight Time. And this is episode 80. Um, it's either 85 or 86. Let me go look. Okay, it's 86 of the Enorma cast, a conversation with Mikey Schaefer, rock climber, alpinist, photographer. And I think this is the first conversation I've had with a uh, professional photographer on the show, even though many of you have requested such. I've come close to having my good friend Andrew Burr on, uh, but we just haven't gotten it done, although he did make a cameo in one episode. But uh, yeah, Mike Schaefer coming up. So it's August 11th. The whole operation is slipped. It's slipped very, very far. I should have this out on the first, so I'm, I'm actually almost two weeks behind, which means everything is slipping into the next month, which means that I may, in fact, 
if I'm not careful, lose an episode in here. Now, in three and a half years, coming up on four years, there's only been a single month where I have not done two episodes for you people. Two episodes a month for four years, almost. And I feel bad that I didn't do that episode that one time. And I believe it was because it was the holidays and I frankly just didn't have anything. And uh, there was no one around and I was not around. And so I think it was an anniversary and I just said, I'm taking a break. But I wish I hadn't because I'd have a perfect record. Nevertheless, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bust one out pretty quick here right after this one. Not to cut Mikey short. Hopefully you'll listen to both. Um, But maybe I'll try to get one out by the 20th or so and then get back on the program for the first. Because I do have plenty of content. Just not a lot of time this time of year because I do have a day job where I work really hard in the summertime. Anyhow, wah, wah, wah. Everybody's so sad that they aren't getting their free stuff on time. But one of the big problems with this one is I just was at the Outdoor Retailer Trade Show last week, which kind of fell right around when I probably should have had it done. And uh, and then, you know, I was like working like a dog at this OR. A lot of times OR is a big party for me because I don't have a lot to do. But this year, for you people, I was working like a dog, just just setting them up and knocking them down. Bunch of great interviews, big variety of people. I'm not going to tip my hand too much because, you know, I've been known to lose a few here and there. So, but yeah, I got uh, I got a bunch of great stuff to coming out in the next few months. Just stacked it up, which is good because that frees up some time to get some other stuff done on this podcast, which I have in mind uh, when I'm not just digging around for content all the time. So, but the result was also that I was sick and tired of the Enormacast. By the end of it all, I had done several interviews, some of them just back-to-back. Uh, I had talked about the Enormacast. I'd had meetings about the Enormacast. I'd been forced to explain it to strangers over and over and over again who looked at my badge and said, what's the Enormacast? What is that? And then I'd have to explain it. At least people know what podcasts are now. That wasn't always the case back in the beginning, but for the most part unless they're very old or very young, they know what a podcast is. So got that going for me. Anyway, sick and tired of it, but I'm back for a couple of days, sitting down, trying to get this one out. Um, a couple announcements. First, I'd like to uh, do my diligence with my sponsor and uh, let you know that the next stop on the Rock Project Tour, Black Diamond Access Fund Rock Project Tour in Seattle is September 19th and 20th, and the registration for that is open. And they actually have a pretty limited amount of tickets. So if you're up in Seattle, you want to check this out. Athlete presentations. The uh, the poster says Caldwell's going to be there. You know, that's pretty big. Sonny Trotter, a couple other folks. Uh, but there's going to be clinics and climbing and parties and raffles and the whole thing that goes with that sort of stuff. So check it out at the uh, Access Fund actually has the information a little more clearly than Black Diamond does. Um, so go to the Access Fund, check out the Rock Project Tour, and uh, you can click on and sign up there. The other thing I want to give a shout out to is the Craig uh, and Classic over in the New River Gorge, which I attended last year. I am not going to attend it this year. But if you're on the East Coast and in that zone, also the same weekend, the 19th, 20th, uh, is the Craig and Classic in the new at the Alpine Club campground there. And I was invited back this year, but couldn't make it for various reasons. I want to give a shout out to that thing because uh, they did invite me back, but I could not make it this year. And I 
loved the event last year and it's a great time, great place, great time to be in that place in the New River Gorge. So if you're interested in that, um, go to craigandclassic.com, American Alpine Club sponsors that thing, and uh, check it out. Again, the same weekend, 19th, 20th of September, two coasts very far apart, and I'm quite bummed that I'm going to miss it, but perhaps next year. All right, then. I think that's enough of my bitching and moaning about the Enormacast. Thanks for all your support, everybody. If you want to help out, hit enormacast.com, click on the Help Out tab. Main thing is tell your friends. It's getting to the point where I'm kind of surprised when I meet a climber, an avid climber that's never heard of it. Is that cocky? I don't know. It's starting to be a little bit unusual. So anyhow, tell your friends. Let's get everybody listening. The more listeners, the bigger the community, the better for all sorts of reasons. All right, let's move on to an interview with Mikey Schaefer. Not much to say about this guy. Super enthusiastic, great climber, great photographer, great guy, triple threat, Mikey Schaefer. Climbing is our playground, basically. And we use it, and we should treat it like we treat our house. Pienso que es importante para para disfrutar de la naturaleza con otros escaladores. This is awesome. This is connecting to the community. This is connecting to nature. Um, I want to go back to that every time. This weekend at the Rock Project, there was a lot of things that I learned. Minimizing your impact, having that be part of the conversation around climbing, along with this is the route I want to do, this is the gear I need. Understanding that I have an impact, that one person has an impact. I think being a responsible user means being aware. Being aware of people around you, being aware of your surroundings, being aware of your impact. I'm leaving no trace and I'm not bothering their surroundings. There are a lot of climbers out there that care, but they don't know how to get involved. And that's where the Rock Project comes in. So go to blackdiamondequipment.com or accessfund.org for more information. We're all in this together. This feels amazing right now. I love it when you put your cold beers on my eyes. Just more, <laughs> more. Those are awesome. <laughs> it feels so good. It feels so good right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Okay, snap it together. Snap it together. Got to get serious for this one, I bet. Okay, one of these has got to work internally, too, I think. Cool, I can't really see anyways right now, so it's not a big deal. Let me put my sunglasses Super back on. Awesome, there we go, perfect. <laughs> that actually that actually feels better. All right, good. It does. No, the light is like kind of killing the eyes right now, so... Um, I'm keeping... Yeah. No, okay, cool. I got, a, I got a limiter on here, so I'm not going to worry too much about if it's no. spiking. Cool. Um, I'll try to keep it even. Yeah, we are uh, sitting in the Lander Park at the Climbers Fest. 
with Mikey Schaefer, a somewhat debilitated Mikey Schaefer. <laughs> Although you look cool right now, dude. Yeah. No, no, the sunglasses I'm wearing right now are definitely just for style. Yeah. They, uh, Mikey's had an allergic reaction in the last um, about two hours to some grass. Grass. Not the type you smoke. The, hike, right. the, the type you hike through. So. Yeah, totally. So his eyes are swelling shut. He's tried to put cold beer cans on him, which helped a little bit. Yeah. You've got a little Benadryl in your system, too? Yeah, I mainlined it, too. It's good. It's, hopefully it's going to hit quick. So, so if he starts one up each nostril right now. If he starts to slow down during the interview, that's not uh, that's not your imagination. <laughs> no. The other thing is, I've been we're at the at the Climbers Fest, and I've been staying up quite late as usual and talking a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually currently running my lowest, most uh, my most like Barry White ish voice it sounds great too. honestly yeah. I, I bet your voice sounds so much better than mine right now it's, yeah well, nasally you, and yeah get a little snot and whatnot <laughs> going, so yeah. uh but anyway i invited uh actually I, I i talked to you at five point uh mikey had a film in uh in the festival that came out this year and uh we talked about doing it there but we, we really couldn't find the time because you're only there for seemed like five minutes yeah it was pretty in and out quick um, one but then we realized that we both be here in lander so now here we sit on uh, saturday afternoon um why don't we start with that actually since i brought it up this uh this film that's out uh-huh. it's it's about you but i mean you must have as a filmmaker yourself and and i mean how much of it is your concept as well or did someone come to you to make a film about you um yeah, I mean, it's actually, uh, uh, back up a little bit, stretch to call myself a filmmaker. I'm definitely more of a cameraman. Um, sometimes I feel like, yeah, people are like, oh, you're such a great filmmaker, whatever, all these, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'd actually just shoot. I'm fine with that. Um, I, so the whole project started. Fitzka Hall, who runs uh, Duct Tape Thin Beer, along with a, quite a few other incredible people, his well, the, wife. The enormous cast audience is well aware of Fitzka Hall. Oh, yeah. Oh, arch, my, arch, arch enemies. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I know. No, well, I, you guys guy. are going to do a, a duel off, a podcast at a an event. A podcast off. A pa- yeah, I can't yeah. wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be it's awesome. Really you guys are going to interview each other. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so Fitz is a good friend, and, you know, he'd been hearing about all this climate I've been doing down in Patagonia, and... and I, I would just shoot, you know, random stuff. Nothing, nothing in particular, just like... If it's just you know a selfie video shot, if it's just anybody that oh, looks kind of cool, you know, shoot it. And um, so Fitz kind of like you know saw some of this for some other projects, and and you know he kind of got excited about maybe doing something. Um, I I had a slightly different idea, which it still could like live on its own, and maybe it will someday mm-hmm. with the footage. And so Fitz was kind of encouraging me. It's like, oh, okay, you know, like we, we need to do something. I was like, okay. And and I, uh, the last few years, I'd been collecting footage from other climbers. Uh-huh. Um, so not just my own, because I really wanted to tell a story about the community. I mean, I'm a lot more comfortable being behind the camera. Right. You know, taking pictures of other people, telling other people's story. But to me, the, like, the story was this, like, the community down there, the, the way it flows and, and it ebbs and... So I was just going to use everybody's footage because I think it's really right. hard to make a high production value film that's authentic and really tells the real story down there in Patagonia. Like, I've never really seen one that's, uh-huh. that's honest. Because that's, they're up there, people are recreating stuff, people are using helicopters. It's like, that's not how it is. Right. So I was like, oh, we're Run just going to get a bunch dog of... Is up there, the, the crushing, the crushing wind is stealing their souls from the mountain. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it sounds good, but it's like... <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, it's still scripted. You know, I wanted mm -hmm. unscripted, the real stuff. And, you know, the only way you really get that often is, is B-roll. I mean, just running cameras. And and so that's what people were just doing. And they just, you know, they didn't know they were going to contribute. That, but I started that's a, asking. That's a, a camera guy term. B-roll. Sorry, it's like this stuff. It's not like the... You know, it's not the the main shot. It's not the fancy just, stuff. Oh, it's let's not pick the, this up for a while, and if we use it, we use it. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all the like the secondary shots. You know, mm -hmm. that aren't important necessarily, but they piece everything together. Well, everything in our film was pretty much B-roll. Like we we, you know, we pieced together what I had. We pieced together what the community had, and and I, I really that was an important part to me. It's mm -hmm. like I I really didn't want to film about me. Like I just right. it, it's kind of awkward. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not that into it. And, so we, we struck a balance, I think, right. between what was like the story of climbing in Patagonia and what's the story of me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in a, in a movie, you need somebody to like carry the story. Like, sure. It, it, it gives it direction. And, and so uh, the narrative is surrounding your, I mean, how many years? Uh, I mean, I've, I've done I was, I, eight or nine seasons now. Right. And so my first season was in 2001. So Essentially, the, the kind of like arcing narrative is climbing all, what is it, seven? All seven of the skyline summits. So right. like the, the Patagonia logo, I mean, right. represents the seven sure. skyline peaks. And um, I, I unintentionally started the project to do First Ascents on all of them. I just, on a semi-shitty weather day, um, where a lot of people were climbing this easy route that was too busy, I chose to climb just a different route. Uh, that we didn't even know what it was. It turns out it wasn't a route, and we just put up a route. Right. Um, and that was kind of the first one. I was like, "Whoa, cool!" Like that wasn't that bad. I mean, it, it was kind of gnarly, but and I've always, always liked to do first ascents. And, yeah. and it just I did another one. And I started picking out lines, and and it just really made sense. It's like, oh, well, this is an obvious goal. You know, I like goals. I like to like see things through completion, and you know, it's like. I know actually it's some Freddie Wilkinson actually kind of been working on the same project. Um, I think Freddie got to five first ascents on the Skyline Peaks, and they just kind of started chipping away out of it over a few years of, you know. And I didn't—they're not the hardest routes by any means. A uh, couple of them are pretty shitty. A couple of them are pretty damn good. You know, it's all over the place. But so yeah, the film kind of just follows me through that, and also follows me a little bit through, um, you know, my 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 photo career and, and what it means to me and um and I, like i love taking pictures down there you know it's what inspired me as a kid i was inspired by you know people like ace cavalli galen Rowell, and because those guys were out there climbing and i love that sort of imagery where it's like that's real climbing that's not right. commercial that's like those guys are really doing it you know and and i kind of want to try to do the same thing you know and, and just go out there and do stuff take pictures that inspired me It'll hopefully inspire you know the next generation to go out there and you know have an adventure. So I want to kind of I mean we can kind of incorporate this climbing and, and photography thing because I mean we we all or a lot of us run around with our cameras as climbers and I think you know I actually started in the film era and shot slides mm -hmm. and it became for myself and my friends really important to have the camera around you know because you know we too were looking through these books and like well we want to shoot our own you know for no reason to than than to have it for ourselves yeah and i have boxes of slides oh, yeah. um look up what a slide is <laughs> if anybody needs to do that but you know it's always interesting to me because i mean i have some shots i'm really excited about really cool but can you talk about um you being a climber who is just a climber shooting pictures and this may be a long story but uh we have time um, of, you know, moving into this place where you're like, well, 
I can do this for real and I can maybe try to make a living out of this or I can, you know, I mean, it's sort of like having the audacity to say to yourself, like, I might be able to do what Ace Cavalli does. Yeah. I might be able to do what Galen Rowell does, which is, I mean, it's an audacious thought when oh, yeah. you're just plucking away with your camera, like taking pictures of your yeah. bros climbing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got my first camera. Uh, I, I had, like you, I'd actually shot on slides too. Um, never seriously, you know, it was, it was just fun, you know, always had a camera on growing up, you know, through high school, through my early twenties. Um, it was kind of a hassle shooting slides actually. It's a, it's it, was, it was a pain. It was, you know, um, <laughs> it's not cheap either. No, but I never, and at that point I didn't really know any other professional photographers. I wasn't really in the, uh, the climbing scene kind of like I am now. And, and, uh, so at that point it was just like, I didn't even realize it was something I could make money on. It was just like just shooting some pictures, you know? Then I went to uh, I went to Pakistan in 2006, and at th that point, you know, I'd been in the climbing scene kind of long enough that I knew some people that were like working pros and, and what they were doing and how they were doing it, and and a lot of people kind of encouraged me. It's like, oh, you're going to Pakistan, you should probably get a real camera, you know, you should get something nice. And, and I was with Mike Adash and Eric DeCaria, and they had some, you know, they had some sponsors, and I was like, oh, cool, this maybe is a little way I could, you know, make some pics and you know, and just tell the story too. It was a big trip for me, you know, going to Pakistan, right, and. So I, I got my camera for that, and unfortunately, uh, I ended up getting really sick over there, and, and uh, ended up in the hospital, ended up not climbing at all. I mean, it was only in base camp for two days before I was rescued by a, a helicopter, and, and yeah, and taken to the hospital. But anyway, so I, I get back to the States, and I have this camera, and, and I, I can't climb. I lost a ton of weight. I lost just a ton of energy. I was, I was really debilitated. I mean, it took me couple months before i could really like get out and climb it what'd you, you know, pick get, up uh, i'd like does you know, anybody know uh, i mean things, you know yeah. there's not like definitive care and scar do right? right i mean it's like <laughs> yeah. you know the doctor kind of looked at me and like pushed on some things and like they took an x-ray and uh bacterial pneumonia possibly high altitude pulmonary edema right. hard to say similar yeah you know similar um, but it, it, it took me down, you know, it really wrecked me, not just for like a week, you know, it was multiple weeks. It was, it was a year before I was actually back to a hundred percent. And so I got back from this trip and I had this camera and, and I just started shooting some photos. Um, cause it was, I spent a lot of money on it, you know, I invested, you know, $3,000, maybe more on a laptop, a camera and started shooting around Yosemite and was just making pictures and you know, one, actually one one day in the cafeteria I was I was sitting down there just hanging out with a good friend of mine uh, Dean Fidelman Bullwinkle who does the stone nudes you know we just kind of always hanging out in the valley and causing trouble and he was sitting with uh, another lady and, and he introduces me to her and he says oh this is Mikey he's a photographer and I remember just kind of like looking at Dean just being like you know like what are you talking about like I want to calling you a photographer yeah 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 like, exactly I'm like right. I mean thanks for introducing me but like right. you know I, I'm I own a camera, you know, really mm -hmm. big difference, you know, that's not, does not make you a photographer. Sure. And, uh, and he's like, oh, this is, this is Jane Siebert. You know, she's a photo editor at Patagonia. And I was like, oh, cool. And we start chatting. She's like, oh, you know, do you have any pictures of Yosemite? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I totally have pictures of Yosemite. Like, which is pretty much bullshit. Like I had like, you know, half a day's worth of pictures of Yosemite. I didn't really have any pictures, but I'm, I'm not dumb. I, I know how to work things a little bit. Right. And I was like, photo editor Patagonia, asking for pictures of Yosemite, you know, or, and I was like, okay. 
And she's like, well, we're doing our next catalog in Yosemite. If you got anything, you know, you should send it in. I was like, oh, that sounds great, you know. So um, I pretty much leave the cafeteria and start shooting photos. Like the whole like next, you know, five days a week, I, I shoot a bunch of photos, go shoot some stuff on the rostrum, go shoot some scenics, just just shooting. Half of it's on borrowed gear. I don't even own a tripod or anything like that. I have one lens, borrow some lenses from some friends, shoot a bunch of stuff and, and send it in. And she's like, wow, cool. These are awesome. These are great. And and well, oh, that's cool. I don't, I don't know, right? right. I, I don't know what's great yet. And and uh, and she ends up publishing a couple of them, right? Right? Like pretty much is just like, oh yeah, these are perfect. Great, we'll use them. And I'm like, whoa, oh, oh, uh, really? You know? And, what know, happens now? Do I get like free socks? Or? Yeah, no, yeah. you know, and I I know what happens. It's like they actually pay me a significant yeah, amount of right. money, and and I pretty much paid off my camera gear and my laptop. And I was like, whoa, this is kind crazy well and then jane and i were like emailing a little bit back and forth and she's like oh you should send in all your old old work you know i want to see your portfolio i want to see everything and you know i'm trying to start to explain to her it's like well you your know portfolio. i i, I, like, I don't you're like yeah let me get that together yeah let me no i was kind of straight up with her i was like well you know jane i actually don't have anything else and she's like well you know well, what do you mean not 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 just from yosemite like all your old stuff everything else you shot and i was like well no i don't have anything like I tricked you, you. Yeah, I just saw the. You just saw the first like 400 photos I've kind of ever shot. In my, you know, like like with intention. Sure. In my life, yeah. and and she was a little like, a little taken back. Like you know, like you're you're lying to me or you're joking. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm serious. I don't. This is it. You you just saw everything, uh-huh. and uh, she was pretty much like, well, you should do this. You know, uh-huh. just like, you you this will work. Like you can make this work. And I was like, right. kind of like seriously you know she's like oh yeah yeah you'll make this work and i was like okay and so she encouraged me just to really go out and start shooting more mm-hmm. and i spent the next you know six months year shooting as much as i can and i i used a lot of my climbing skills from 10 years of climbing in yosemite i was a climbing guide there so i really knew how to get around and i, I knew a lot of people and mm-hmm. um I was, I was quick enough that i could i could uh, keep up and and kind of rig or shoot anything i wanted to in the valley so I shot a bunch of, you know, big walls and all sorts of stuff. And and within a year, Jane pretty much was like, you should quit your job, you know. So let me, can I ask you, uh, yep. frame this out just a little bit. So yep. what, how long ago was this? What year was that? This? Was, that was 2006. Okay, so not that long ago. Um, uh-huh. And what was your life, you just said I quit my job. What was your lifestyle? I'd been a climbing guide in Yosemite oh, okay. for uh, six years. All right. Yeah, so. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was a. I worked for YMS for a long time. Okay. So, and I had been hanging out in the valley since '98, I guess. Uh-huh. That's that's when we met. I thought I thought you were hot shit back then. I watched you do plastic surgery disaster. Oh shit! Okay. Remember what year was that? Uh, about the '98, yeah. right? A little before that, maybe, but yeah, late '90s. God, I watched you on the telescope uh, with Tom. All right. Yeah. Cool, man. I know that me was. And Kevin, that was uh, Kevin Thaw, right? Yeah, me and Kevin. Yeah. yeah. That was. Yeah. I was you hot kinda, shit for a minute. You kind of inspired me in, to be an aid climber. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I know, exactly. <laughs> so so in retrospect, I'm actually not that thankful for what you did to me. I'm kind oh, of like, on. I'm kind of like, oh. You use yeah. those aid climbing skills every damn day. You yeah, go I rock know. climbing. I you do. know you do. Oh, Even man. when you're sport climbing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, so, I got this. I can pull up on yeah, this exactly. thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a plastic disaster, man. Like, I can high step to that next bolt. Yeah. No problem. So, so anyways. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Right on. So you're you're basically a Yosemite sort of denizen. You're working for the guide company. So I interrupted the yeah. story. So she's, I mean, hyper 
uh, I believe I've met her as well in the past. But yeah. anyway, so she's hyper supportive yeah. and like just telling you, you you have something. Now, did yeah. you sort of believe her or you were just like... Oh, man, it's so, I still don't even believe her some days. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell, you mm-hmm. know, like... I think we're also overwhelmed by photos these days, so you get a little, you know, numb to it all. Sure. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, it, it's like she has a, she has a lot of faith in me. Well, I, you just mentioned, you know, like that one of the things that over that year after um, when you were kind of like getting getting going and and after she had she had told you to do this that you started shooting a lot of big walls and it it seems to me that like in the last ten years, you know, the the greater sort of world has fallen in love with this idea of big wall climbing these images. Yep. I mean, if, if, you know, anything really like captures these, you know, the sort of outside media's attention, it's these just sweeping shots of yeah. giant walls and they love the portal edges and they love all the sort of stuff. Yeah, they I mean, love exposure. So it feels almost like you are in this right place at the right time to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. and you continue to be, but yeah. so what did this unfold the story further then? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, realistically I was shooting what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that, and that's still what I do. I'm really bad at shooting anything that I don't want to see. Like I shoot the stuff that inspires me. Right. That's it. Like that's like, I shoot the stuff that like that, that, yeah, that inspired me that other people had shot and, and, um, so yeah, so so Jane, yeah, definitely just can you know pretty. She pretty much says she's like you know, after a year of shooting, she's like you can do this. I'll make it work for you. She's like I will guarantee that this will work. You know, like you just need to do it. You know, like that's it. And I, I was like, okay, I, I I believe you. You know, and and during that year, we'd become much closer really quickly. You know, um, she took me under her wing and she was super supportive and she was a motherly figure and she has been to a lot of. Uh, the big name photographers in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's Corey Rich, Corey Richards, John Dickey, James Q. Martin, um, it, many people got their career started because of her. Well, yeah, and and you know, I I kind of knew that because I don't know when whenever for the longest time, mm-hmm. and and maybe people outside don't know this, but like the Patagonia catalog, and even back to the Chenard catalogs. Mm-hmm were these places that have always been this this like outlet for this this type of photography that everybody and i don't know in the late 90s like this era you you know you you, when i was climbing yosemite i mean that was this thing that everybody aspired to do is just get a shot in the patagonia catalog yeah Yeah. and uh and so not only her specifically but patagonia in general yeah for sure yeah have, have like their marketing has always been like wisely like if we show the world these images they're gonna they're gonna freak out on them and they're yeah. gonna love them yeah you know so um so yeah i i you know i i trusted her yeah and i kind of went for it right and i quit my job and i just i just started shooting you know and living on the road i mean i pretty much been living on the road already um and uh started just lining up trips you know so like, where can i go like who can i go with like and Starting, started making stuff happen, you know? right? And, and but always kind of doing the trips I wanted to do. Still, you know, doing the things that I really did inspired me. Sure, you know, and that's the stuff that I guess I, I still want to bring back. Right, you know, uh, and I'm sure Jane probably gets pretty frustrated with me these days because she wants me to go shoot, you know, some some nice, you know, fleece jacket on some cute girl in a dress, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I would rather be shooting you know, Josh Wharton like. 
high up on the north face of Temple or something like uh -huh. that. Like, it's just that's what I want to see. You know, right. I mean, I like cute girls too. But like, what about the what about the cute girl in the dress? with the fleece high up on the north face of Mount Temple, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, believe me, yeah. I have shot dresses up on glaciers. <laughs> I have done right, it. Right. I have done it. Uh, I push back, you know. I mean, I, I try sure. to keep it as real as I can. Sure. You know, I mean, I don't want to see... I, I want to keep Patagonia's photography as journalistic and as authentic and as raw as we can. Um, uh -huh. And I'm just one part of the cog there, but I definitely raised my hand as much and often as I can and said, hey, is this real? You know, is this, is this really what, how it would be going down? Is this the jacket we should be wearing? Is this, is this, is this worthy, you know? And right. So I kind of just try to shoot stuff that I think is worthy. And so it keeps it, keeps it real in there, you know? Sure, sure. I'm trying. And hopefully people appreciate that. Hopefully people do see that in the catalog still. It's like, we're trying, you know, we're trying to well, keep it what, what awesome. Well, I mean, and so this, you're still... Primarily, or in, I mean, are you like a sort of staff photographer at Patagonia? I mean, yeah, the, I mean, these days yeah. I am. I, I'm, right. I'm not an employee, but yeah, I'm, right. I'm con contractually obligated. Sure. Um, to shoot for them, um, uh -huh. which is you know, I, it's, not, it's an okay job, I guess. Sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get to go rock climbing a lot. Right. Take a lot of photos. So, so what have you been doing recently? Um, I mean, in terms of lining up these trips, like. Um, oh man, you know. Tell it, us about your life a little bit. It's, it's it's it comes in waves for me. Right. I mean, I am still a climber, first and you know foremost. Uh -huh. Like that's what I try to be. Like anybody asks me, you know, I was like, oh, what do you do? You know, somebody that doesn't know anything about me. And I'm like, oh, I, I go climbing. You know, mm -hmm. like, that's that's it. You know, that's to me, that's my identity. That's 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 the thing I love. Like you can't take that out of me. Like you. Like, there's no amount of money that's going to, like, ever make me stop rock climbing or uh -huh. climbing. But photography, it's, like, it's definitely secondary to that. And um, So, I mean, I, I try to work as little as possible. Right. Like, uh, you know, like any any serious rock climber, I guess. And um, So, I mean, there's there's periods when I don't work much. There's periods when I don't pick up the camera for six weeks, two months. Um, uh -huh. I just don't feel it. I'm not that excited. And, and I'm also then I'm climbing, you know. I'm, I'm really... It's hard for me to do both at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm getting anything done with either of them, so I, I need to separate often, um, and, and and just and work on my climbing. You know, sure. get some big projects done. Well, let's talk about that then. Let's move to your climbing a little bit because it's not. I mean, you know, publicly, I guess it's easy to know of you as a photographer. Yeah. Um, and you're a Yosemite guy, so I, undoubtedly you were involved in the Don Wall project to a certain extent yeah i mean I, i've been up Tommy's there a patagonia athlete yeah, yeah, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. but let's talk about your climbing because you're no slouch and you've been actually doing some some significant first ascents in in yosemite in the last few years yeah. um, with our friend james with uh, other people as well so let's kind of you know it's a little bit of a trope of mine to go back to the beginning um, no, no. But I don't mind. Okay. Maybe yeah. my listeners do, but this is no, no. their show. It's my show. So there. So let me talk to you about that a little bit. I didn't know that you were a guide. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'd always just, you were in that group that were in Yosemite at that time. Yeah. And my thing when I was there, I was, I never lived there. I was never that guy. Yeah. In the You're center. an outsider. Let's just say it. Yeah. yeah. In the center of the universe. Because yeah. yeah. I lived in SoCal and yeah. I would come and I'd do my walls and then I'd peace out, um, which you know, could result in, in, I don't know, me being slagged off for some reason. But anyway, 
but nevertheless do you want to talk about that no no i'm not i'm not, i've let it go okay God, sounds like it damn you people <laughs> in your fucking parking lot um, <laughs> oh the center of the universe it's gone you I know, know that yeah i know i don't know maybe i'm just i'm so i'm, I'm i've i've roamed too far and and gravity's you know pushed me away but I, i'm not center of the universe has changed man i know remember those days in those parking lots yeah, I do. by the lodge by by the, the annex oh god <laughs> You, that was where, man, those were, I mean, I had just graduated high school and I, right. I remember just going to that parking lot and like seeing guys like you and yeah, and, and Way and Coiler and yeah. I mean, Dean and, oh, I mean, I didn't even know everybody's name then, you know, I had no idea. I just remember like, wow, these guys are so hardcore. Like they're kind of living the dream, you know, mm -hmm. just like got their pickup trucks and just drinking beer and going rock climbing and looking hardcore you know and i yeah I, those were actually some pretty memorable times back oh. then of like i mean if you turned up in that scene when you were 18 and just out of high school then yeah, yeah i mean it must have just been like whoa oh yeah I mean, I, this I, is I, like a freaking i don't know movie it's set, half like, zoo half movie set half insane asylum like oh yeah you <laughs> know and i came from like a pretty like standard middle class white where'd you grow suburbia. up tacoma washington okay I mean, total suburbia, you right. know, like, as can be, you know, and, and so, yeah, you know, coming up, meeting all those characters in Yosemite was definitely just like, whoa, like, I've never met people like this in my life. You so know? what was your path to climbing then? Uh, I started when I was 13 um, with my brother, who was in Boy Scouts. My mm -hmm. brother. Oh, uh, the Boy Scouts. Yeah, the Boy Avenue. Scouts of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Training people to carry guns. <laughs> Training people to the military, I think. Um, anyways, but they do had some great pro programs and. Um, my brother got to go climbing at a climbing camp. I was actually too young. Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed in the, the climbing program. And I was a little bummed by that. But my brother came back from this, this climbing camp and, and uh, he had gotten a pair of shoes and he was all excited. And I was like, I was like two years younger. So I just followed him around. And we started climbing at this uh, outdoor man-made climbing structure in Tacoma. It's a okay. place called Spire Rock. It's a bunch of river rocks cemented together into this uh, structure that you could traverse and climb. There's even some top rope anchors up on it, and um, you know, there's a rich mountaineering history in Tacoma, and, and Rainier's right there, and um, so there was a little bit of a, a scene there. We started meeting people, and you know, people who worked at the climbing shop, and um, quickly it kind of snowballed. And you know, I met some people who had been to Yosemite, and you know, started hearing about big walls, and. Um, I mean, I kind of just went all in pretty quickly. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, I went to Yosemite for the first time when I was 15 to try to climb El Cap. Okay. So I've been so you started climbing when you were 13, 13. and you were, went to climb El Cap when you were 15. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, we got, we tried to do the Aquarian Wall. Oh, dude, that was the first, uh, well, I know it was the second wall I did. Okay. First, yeah, well, second, first solo, though. Back in the day, like, we had gotten <laughs> a little some, obscure. some, yeah, yeah, a little obscure. <laughs> we had gotten some advice that it's like, oh, yeah, that's like a classic, like, trade route. Right. Now, looking back, I'm so. like, oh, yeah, no, Aquarian wall, no. poor choice. Like, yeah, it's like you know, Zodiac, Tangerine Trip, the nose, maybe, right, you know, right. like, I had no idea. You know, somebody's just like, oh, yeah, that one gets done all the time. You know, this climber used to climb in the that's valley so in the funny, 80s. Yeah. And, so we tried that. I mean, we had folding lawn chairs that we'd bought at Walmart for portal ledges. I, mean, I couldn't afford a hall bag or a, well, I mean, a portal ledge. I mean, none right, of that right, stuff. Right, you know, right, I was in, I was in you know, Nike trainers and yeah. I mean, classic. You know, high school kid, right? Sure. Didn't know anything. And so yeah, we only got up like six pitches and 
had to bail and it was actually snowing on us we probably right it was it was a good bail like it wasn't like no because that thing will run with water too once it oh starts, yeah yeah starts i melting. mean we probably would epic anyways but we did come down for a legitimate reason it's mm-hmm. still looking back i wasn't like we were told pussies up there but uh no it's funny because i went to i was all excited to solo the zodiac and that was it was just too many people on it so my the only reason i went over there was because it was like it was longer but it was not super long yeah and I thought, well, no one's going to be on that. Yeah. So I mean, it is kind of a moderate route, actually. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, so we failed, but I mean, I got the bug, you know. I mean, right. I was, I was, I was pretty into it. So came back. That was for my spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait a second. So you're 15, and you're climbing with your brother? No, no. We had, I'd met another another kid, you know. How old who was, was he? Seventeen, maybe right. at the time. So you're down there for your spring break. Yeah, in high like, school. Your parents were just like, see you later, or would they no, come with no, you? I mean, or no, they... my mom, like, oh, God, my sales pitch must have been good. It right. must have been good to let her, you know, that she let me go to Yosemite at that age. Sure. I mean, she is not, like, you know, kind of a loose parent by any means. Right. I and mean, she knows exactly what's going on in my life. Always has, very aware, like, incredible mother. Um, I, she, I remember reading uh, the Yosemite guidebook, The and John Dill has this whole who was a head of this Yosemite search and rescue for a long time. He has a whole article, uh, you know, essay in the beginning of the Yosemite big walls book about staying alive and accidents and all that. And she was just reading it and, uh, freaking out of sure. course. And, and she's like, what are you gonna do about this? What do you do about that? And, and I guess I had the right answers. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if I did or not. I have no idea. You know, I'm probably not. I didn't have any experience, but, Somehow, I convinced her that this was my opportunity. That this was like a really big opportunity in my life to go do this, and and she's always been for that. You know, right. she's let me chase opportunities and stuff, and encouraged, you know, going for things, and 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 yeah, she let me go. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable. Because like you're, <laughs> I mean, the other dude I had lived to in drive, Washington. right? Yeah, yeah, I live yeah. in Washington. It was like, right. you know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna drive 17 hours to Yosemite. That's something you do in like college, or right, some people right, don't even right. do that. You know, right. it's like big trip, and so I mean, thankfully she let me go. I mean, because it was such a pivotal point in my life. Right. I mean, it's it's hands hands down the most important uh, moment, I guess. It was going to Yosemite. Like, well, you know, the thing about it is, is that aside from the fact that you were again audacious enough uh, to say I'm going to climb El Cap, and maybe you you just didn't even know this and maybe you never even noticed it but what we just joked about with the center of the universe and stuff and and me being this outsider like in a lot of ways it's not easy just to walk into yosemite and declare to anyone that this is what you're going to do especially you know this must have been early 2000s right or late 90s 96 i mean sorry yeah not early 2000s early i meant to say early 90s or mid 90s yeah so it's like at that point, I mean, 96, man, at that point, like, you know. It, but I didn't even know. Right, so you, just, you guys you just know, walked in and just bliss, did it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I everybody sure. climbs El Cap, right. whatever, you know. Right. It's just like, and I had a, a ultra, you know, just gung-ho partners. And right. We didn't. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just, that's it. It's just ignorance is bliss. Cool. I, didn't, I didn't know. So what came up after that then? So you bailed through Grand Wall, you go home. Yeah, came back in the right. summer and climbed Tangerine Trip. Okay. You know, and nice. that was it. And it was just like kind of off and running. Before they'd fixed the bolts when it was terrifying. Oh, God, yeah. I've got pictures of me with quarter-inch nuts and ta- duct taping on, you know, rivet hangers to those studs. I took and- my worst El Cap aid fall on one of those freaking 
bolt ladder oh, things. Yeah. yeah. Just slipped whatever yep. I was using just popped off. Yeah, like, the rivet hanger just Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh I was I got really into that whole El Cap thing. That was mm-hmm. like I was mm-hmm. pretty into it for a few years. Came back, did uh, Lost in America during midwinter break for high school. Right. Um, which was that was a, definitely another like just mind changing event. You know, uh, you know any El Cap route in the middle of the winter is is pretty real. And uh, you know Lost in America is. See, this is funny because I did Lost in America in winter, but I that's actually when I, I couldn't finish it. Yeah. Because the, that traverse, the one of the A4, uh-huh. it was just like a Running huge water. waterfall. And I couldn't, I tried to aid through it, but like, you're aiding at like, two feet and, you know. Oh, running water. Yeah, at oh, like yeah. five minutes. Like I oh. got all, I got all decked out in my gear. Like I'll just, I'll just hurry through yeah. the A4 yeah. part. And I got like soaked to the bone. And actually, I've never done the trip from the ground. I, I, uh, I found a way to get over to it. Well, oddly then, enough, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> so, uh, what year did you do that? 97? Yeah, that was, I mean, I think it was, I had done something exactly like that either right before or right after. Yep. I don't know. Yep, for sure. We, we ended up like hanging a left somewhere up there. And I mean, yeah. Right. So, I called it, I, I told people that it was the, it was my one first descent on El Cap. And it was like, 80 feet of new climbing in 22 pitches or something like that. It was called Lost in My Pants, yeah. actually. <laughs> nice. I have no idea what we did up there. Right. Honestly, like, Somehow you I got survived. That. That's right. all we did up there. We just survived, you know? I mean, I was like, boh. I, I mean, it snowed every day when we were on the route. I mean, we got we topped out, and there must have been five, six feet of fresh snow on top. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, And just, then getting down the east ledges in that snow, like falling through the manzanitas and all that. Oh, we, we tossed one haul bag off the top because yeah, we, we, did we did couldn't too. carry it. I was yeah. just like, you know, I was... I mean, I still am kind of puny and, you know, like, I'm definitely, like, borderline midget. And, yeah, and, Mikey's uh, not a big guy. No, no. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, back then, you know, I was a buck ten or something like that, right? I was I was tiny. <laughs> so carrying a big haul bag and, you know, it was like, oh, we can't carry that. So we just, you know, we just tossed a whole haul bag. We didn't even repack it. I literally took a knife to the rope at oh. the last anchor and just cut the thing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Dude, we were done. We were done. We cut the thing, and it just it just sailed. I mean, it was like, we didn't really care if we got the gear back ever again. I mean, right. we were way beyond caring about, like, pitons and, you know, cams. It was mm. like, no, no, we need to, like, keep our feet and toes, and, you know, right. like, that's it. Like, we ended up tossing another haul bag down the east ledges, yeah. like, completely abandoning all of our gear, just going for that it. That was terrifying. Oh, like, going was, down there with, like, trying to get out to those those the repels the, the repels at the when edge. there's all the snow on the house yeah oh it was the worst part yes. of the whole thing I, yeah. that all that is still very vivid and i don't know how much i've just recreated in my head no i was i i'll oh. verify because i did the exact same thing although i had it was a nice day when i went down but there was like new snow all over the place and i just remember like the manzanitas would would tent the snow and so you'd have like three feet of snow on top of like six feet of manzanitas and yeah. I just like suddenly go through and just be tangled in manzanitas yeah, yeah. and snow and just like s- like crawling and swimming and. I think it took know. us fourteen plus hours to get off the top of Volcano. I, I totally that's yeah. got to be. We got to the valley at yeah. two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Had no you know like we had nothing with us. We had no sleeping bags. We had tossed those. <laughs> Ended up going to Curry Village, getting a room, which didn't have heat. Um, I don't know if we couldn't afford it at the time, or they were all sold like out. Like a tent so, cabin or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't sit in the showers all night long with the hot water running. 
that's how we kind of got through that night. <laughs> uh, I remember just, just laying down in the shower, like probably falling asleep with the hot water running, but right. it felt so great. And uh, the next morning, you know, drove back to Washington. It was like Sunday morning and, and it's a long drive. Ended up getting in Monday morning and my mom did not let me off easy. You know, right. this was a, you know, she knew I went to Yosemite for a choice. It's like, that's not a get out of jail free card to go to, you know, to school the next day. And I am showing up to, to school, you know, Monday morning. Um, just. So you're still in high school. I'm still in high school. So you're just like, you're like showing up to high school, suburban high school. Oh yeah. Like with this thousand mile stare. Oh. Of just like, just, like just, you guys have no idea. You have no what idea. I just did. You like have I know no you guys idea. had some awesome parties. Oh this, yeah. And you smoked a lot of weed this weekend. Oh, yeah. but Got really let me tell drunk. You what I actually did. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I mean, I just remember. I do. I mean, I have this again a really vivid memory of me sitting in AP physics, uh-huh. actually first class, and just looking around the room and just being like, oh my god, I do not fit in anymore. Sure. Just I'm done. I'm done right. with this. This is like. And it actually probably ruined all my schooling. Like, mm-hmm. it really did. Like, it, I, I, I mean, I wasn't bad at school by any means, but it became fairly pointless for me. Right. It really did. I mean, I, I, I feel like after having that experience, I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, led into this room of, of what it's like, you know, of what you can experience in sure. life. And, and that's a pretty young age for that to happen. Totally. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, yeah, like 17. I, you know, because I like, went to uh, suburban high schools in mm-hmm. Chicago. But I imagine, I mean, they tend to be kind of cookie cutter. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can, you know, I took AP classes. I can imagine what. Yeah. I I didn't arrive there until I went to college. Yeah. But to have a, your mind blown like that and to push yourself to the brink and, and yeah. you know, literally facing. I mean, you know, it's like you're, you're on top of El Cap, which we think of as like no big deal anymore. But. In the wintertime when you get fresh snow up there, I mean, it's it was like a serious battle is what I'm getting oh, at to get oh, yeah. down off of that thing. People, people die up there Oh, yeah, in the for sure. I mean, like, it, yeah. it kills you. No, like, I mean, when I was sitting in the meadow waiting for a storm to finish, hence the running water, yeah. but, um, you know, Werner came, he would come and show up because there's nobody there. Yep. And he'd just be like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm going to go up. And he's like, yeah, you know, and then, you know, 19, whatever, 1992, like, Three guys, they died up there. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, and he's pretty much like, have a nice day. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, thanks, Mark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I had a similar experience with Scott Burke, actually. Ran right. into Scott Burke in, uh, in the meadow, and he was on SAR at the time. And, right. and yeah, same thing, you know. And uh, they actually, Search and Rescue uh, yelled at us with the, with the megaphone mm-hmm. a couple days. Cool. You know, do you guys need a rescue? Are you okay? That happened to me on the aquarium wall. Yeah, and we were just like, so. no. You know, like, this is it, man. We're going for we're it. Going for, you're like Warren Harding. No, drop no, a note. No, no. Seven days later, we us. made it. Yeah. But uh, so. Well, it was comforting to know when I left the ground that Warner, because he, he, I, I was waiting for a couple days, and I'd just like kind of hang out in the meadow, and he'd show up at a certain time every day. And then... Because there were some guys on, I don't know, something short of straw, something hard, actually. But then once they topped out, I would was the only guy on the wall. Yeah. It was comforting because I knew that he would sh- show up. I knew... He was watching you. Yeah, totally yeah. knew he was watching yeah. me. Yeah, those yeah. guys were watching us, too. Yeah, they, because they, afterwards, you know, I, t- I ended up seeing him, and he was like, yeah, good job. Yeah. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Ken Warner said I did a good validation. job. Yeah, so... So, yeah, I mean, that that experience definitely, like... Probably, you know, it was one of the defining moments, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really f- understood what it could be like, you know, like going out that far and, you know, digging so deep and mm-hmm. having those experiences and 
I think I started seeking them out more. You know, I wanted to like, oh, what's 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 bigger? What's you know, what's better? What's harder? And you know, got into harder egg climbing. And like we kind of talked about earlier, you know, tried you know, ticked off a bunch of those native sun and mm-hmm. you know, in the winter, of course, with Micah Dash actually, and uh, yeah, just going through all those things and and uh, and then it's like we started looking kind of towards the you know the greater ranges, which is a pretty natural progression. And sure. So I think I went to Alaska. Uh, when I was twenty, to the Ruth Gorge. Okay. Um, did a, a. This is where this is where I, with all these parallels I've been saying about you and I divide because yeah. I never I was like eh. Yeah, you're I'm over getting, it. Well, not necessarily over, over it, but I never did aspire into the alpine like gnar with the yeah. ice and all that business. Yeah. So, but anyway, God, continue. I don't even know if I have either. I just yeah. ended up there, but right. uh, I just I just kept taking you know the some exit of the road and ended up yeah doing that stuff, but uh. Yeah, you know, ended up going to Alaska. We did a, a grade six big wall up there. It took us twelve days. Mm-hmm. You know, it was before I could even drink. You know, was right. I was twenty, and uh, and yeah, I mean, that was kind of set the course. You know, I mean, from from then on, I think I've just been looking for adventure. You know, looking for stuff that like put me in that moment, put sure. me you know closer to the edge of you know what I could do, and uh, just made me dig deeper and, and just challenge myself. Right. And, uh, so now it's been going on for God, a long time. So 2006-ish, you said, was kind of the the opening of the photography. So that puts you in your mid-20s, late-20s by then? Or uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 30, 35 now. Okay. So, yeah, so um, let me ask you then, in this progression, uh, because of the Patagonia thing, I mean, you're very much associated with that. Aside from this film that just came out, um, you've, you've sort of become you know, kind of an ambassador down there, if you will. Like, people mm-hmm. can kind of count on you being down there. Yeah. Um, you spoke earlier of this this interest in, like, showing this community. So can you talk about that? Like, what was your first experience down there? And, you know, you, you're, you're talking again and again about these mind-blowing slash opening experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when was this, like, this moment of, like, oh, now I have this place, and this is going to be... <laughs> well, uh, that's actually pretty funny, because I think that was the first place that I ever went where I was like, well, this is too much. Like, oh. I, this is this is too much for me. And I, my first travel in 2001, so 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, so, I mean, I guess I was... I must have just turned 21 or so then. And, and it was a much different Patagonia then than it is today. I mean, you know, this is obviously pre-guidebook pre-internet information you know we took horses in there uh huge journey um way different and even though i'd been to uh the ruth gorge i still don't really have much snow and ice and alpine experience i mean i was a yosemite big wall climber sure yeah so showing up there weather in the world yeah i mean it's the weather's real and the mountains are just big i mean the ruth is huge too but to me it was just like those are big walls with glaciers at the base. Yeah. Patagonia is alpine climbing. Right. Like, to, the, in the way we wanted to do it, I mean, it was like, whoa, these are big and scary. There's seracs everywhere and shitty weather. And and uh, I, I I definitely tucked my tail there and ran. I mean, I really, I, I did. Like, we did it, we did it, we actually had an okay trip. You know, we did one of the classic routes on Guijamay. We, uh, we climbed another route that was maybe the second or third ascent. And then we mo- we opened a route. And we we didn't get a summit, so we really haven't completed it. But uh, we did a major part of new climbing on this route. That, with, there was a route that goes to the summit, 
Who are you with? Uh, uh, a good climbing partner, uh, Blair Williams. Okay. And he was a lot more gung-ho than me. He was much older. I mean, Blair is probably 10 years older than me. Okay. And uh, I I just got scared down there. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, it was right, but just looking at the seracs and the glaciers and whatnot, I... Uh, I mean, I, I, I like definitely shed some tears down there on the glacier just because I was scared. You know, I was, I was scared. Like I was like, oh, I, I could lose my life doing this, and, and I'm not comfortable. I'm not ready. I don't have the skills, and and so I bailed. It was actually pretty hard on our partnership. Um, it took us a long time to ever get over that. You know, I think he was pretty bummed I bailed on him, and and I don't actually regret it at all because I think it was the right choice. I wasn't ready. Sure. I didn't know what I was doing, and he was a little bit more okay with that. And I, I'm just. I like to say I'm a little slower and, you know, uh, like to build my skills. That's probably not totally true, but I didn't think I had the skills. And I knew that. And so I did bail. And it took me uh, five years before I went back. So I just became a better all-around climber. I worked on my free climbing. I did, you know, just more smaller stuff in the Alpine and the lower 48. And really really got my bearings, you know, just, just yeah, became a little bit more of just an all-around climber. So when you decided to go back... Was it something you were like, I'm, I mean, did you leave thinking like, I'm going to come back and do better? Or did you leave thinking like, oh God, this is too much. But then it sort of like, maybe I should go back. I mean. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think when I left right. there, I was just like one of those like, God, I don't know if I'll ever come back here. Like, right. Maybe that's just too much for me. Sure. You know, okay. like that's, that's not my league. Right. So, which would have been okay. You know, I mean, right. I, there's mountain ranges that aren't my league to this day and that's fine. Um, oh yeah. Which ones? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I think there's lots of them. Think, anyway, uh, but, but so you anyways, go back, yeah. you, you get to the point where you decide to go back. Yeah, I do, you know. I mean, I think I gained the skills, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm a better climber. I'm ready for this. And, and it was not a very, I mean, it was, gosh, what do we climb? Anything? I don't even know. Oh. Have we tried the North Pillar of Fitzroy a couple times? I don't no no real successes. I don't know if we if we climbed anything. Even I think we did two months there, and I'm not sure we we went climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, part was weather, you know, whatever, just some some other circumstances. But uh, at least I felt more comfortable, and it was probably good that we didn't get up that high on anything because I was gaining experience. Sure. And that's how in kind of the older Patagonia, people used to go up without weather reports. And right. you just look at your barometer on your watch. You'd be tracking the weather, and you're like, oh, high pressure's coming, clear skies, low winds, and I guess we should go up there. Right. So you'd go up there, and then the storm's coming, and you repel. Well, it's almost like, you know, acclimating that way. Sure. You're, 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 you're practicing. You're going up these routes partially away, and then you're repelling. You go a little higher, and you repel. And it's a, it's a really good way to gain experience down there. Uh, nowadays, it's totally different. You know, we look at these. We just wait for the weather to get really good, and then we just try to go huge. Um, so well, and also, you. I mean, I think one of the big things, other than the fact that you've got these great weather reports, is that if you're waiting and your barometer goes up and the winds come down and the sky gets clear, you're already a little off the back. Like you should yeah. have been starting. Yeah, but that's when you started back then. Yeah, I know, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, oh yeah, yeah. You oh, now like compared to what people do today, they they know that's going to happen, and so they're like. 
basically like tying in. Oh, you're often getting an extra day and a half. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, you're right. seeing, you're like, it's going to get good. Because by the time you see it's getting good, you've already lost the day. Oh, yeah, you yeah. should already be up at your high right, camp. You right. should already be on route yeah. or, you know, yeah. So, I was like so making different. that point. It's a little more than just the the good forecast. It's like you get this jump nowadays yeah, on absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, it changes the timeline. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, you were talking about like just being down there the second time and not maybe not climbing anything yeah we didn't climb anything but i felt a lot more comfortable sure. and it, it, it was like okay well i didn't climb anything i you know i want to come back again and um actually took the next year off didn't go back so i was there 0607 didn't go 0708 ended up being a wonderful weather year that year right it was a pretty bum because i know people sent a bunch of stuff and it was like one of those years it was like yosemite there but this is that then if i'm looking at my timeline that i'm writing down here this is when you're making this transition to photography. Absolutely. You're working hard Absolutely. on that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in that trip, that, that, that trip in 06, 07, I did have my camera. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, you know, that was definitely one of the things Jane encouraged me. You know, it's like, oh, you're going to Patagonia? Like, oh, you, you know, you need to shoot, like... Here's a bunch of clothes. The company's named after it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was the first time anybody had ever just been like, here's a whole kit of gear. Like, right. what do you want? Here it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And so I did shoot, actually. I, I actually have some really good photos from that trip uh, mm -hmm. that I'm still pretty excited about. Um, and it, so that was kind of the start of when I actually had started uh, blending in this the photography and the climbing a little bit more and the, and the alpine stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we took the next year off and then went back and uh, I guess it was 08, 09. You know, that year was I think the first year stuff really started to come together. You know, it was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm a strong enough climber now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had some successes. Uh, climb points to know. We got within, I don't know, 150 feet of the top of Fitzroy. You know, walking distance to the top of Fitzroy. Uh, climbed, climbed something else. So yeah, we gotta, um, yeah, we gotta do some climbing that year. And, and that was, I think that was the first year I was really like, okay, I got this, you know, I can, I can do this. And, and it really started to make sense. And I, I built my confidence and I, I felt like I, I could be there. I deserved to be there. I, I you know, I belonged, I was good enough. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I think every year since I've just gotten more and more comfortable, you know, it's been more and more welcoming to me. Uh, everything is just feels easier, you know. Just put the time in now. Well, too, yeah. I mean, you put the time in, but your climbing career down there like spans this this transition. Oh yeah. Of old, I mean, you know, Kelly talks about it in the same way, and I think that's the the sort of vernacular is the old Patagonia, the new Patagonia, the old one, those those crummy, crazy camps up there. You yep. hiked in, blah blah blah. The new one, there's a town, there's there's uh yeah yeah, oh, so, yeah i mean you're you're like benefiting from raising your own experience and probably uh, you know i would venture to say benefiting from the fact that you started in the old one and gained that up and down experience and that yeah you know to where you're just like all right this is the way it used to be it's getting easier yeah yeah i mean it's, yeah. It, it is easier there i mean yeah. it is patagonia is getting easier yeah that's, that's why i've waited i'm 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 about ready to go down yeah, there yeah it, you know if we could get, just like it's get getting an, pretty easy. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, we could get a couple escalators put in. I'm there. I'm yeah. done, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I really, I did span that tra tra transitional period mm -hmm. of, you know, kind of old Patagonia and new Patagonia. And, um, it's nice to know what it was like in the old times, too. Right. You know, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I saw 
what it was like back then. You know? totally. you know, like the Danini eras. Like sure. I actually hung out with Danini there. Right. I, I saw and spent a month at base camp with Danini and hiked into the mountains with him and stuff. Right. And uh, I'll cherish that one forever. You know, sure. That's, that's huge, you know, to, to be there with Jim. And, yeah, and I think I, that's kind of what I was getting at. You're, you're lucky, and you probably now, as, as a Patagonian climber, benefit from, you know, having been put through the more of a school of hard knocks than, than what's even available now. Yeah, so. I mean, but you can just go bigger now. Yeah, right. You know, and I mean, that's it. Like, you just, oh, God, right. yeah. I mean, right. you know, so now I just go bigger. Right. You know, and that's what, I, obviously, everybody's doing, you know. I mean, they know the weather's going to be good. You can take less stuff so you can go farther, you can go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have this this knowledge in your back pocket. It's like, well, the weather wound is going to last four days. So you can you can go balls to the walls. There. You know it's going to be you know, a certain temperature in the mountain. You just know you don't need a thick, puffy jacket. You know right. you don't need your boots. And that's huge. Right. I mean, that's huge. That really changes the game, you know. Like, not knowing how cold it's going to be, you know. I mean, now we... we, we that's actually one of the more accurate things is temperatures down there. Right. We know it's going to be warm. Okay. Like, if it says it's going to be warm, it's probably going to be warm. If it's going to be cold, it's going to be cold. Like, that is probably one of the more given things we know. Um, yeah, tremendously helpful, so... So you got you're talking about like gaining experience, getting comfortable down there. You know, is it just a matter of like going back to Patagonia and 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 being there a long time, or, or was there like you know a time when you're when you just really felt like okay, you know, this is going to be part of who I am as a climber. Like, and is there something about that place that did it fit your style because you don't have to go to altitude? You can rock climb, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, tell, tell for, me about for like mo- for the most your, part. What was it? Well, I mean, you have to climb across glaciers, and, you, oh. and there are routes. There's plenty of routes that are ice climbs, but yeah. you can. I mean, you can go on what are mostly pure rock climbs. Yeah. So, I guess what I'm asking is like, when and how did it become this thing where, you know, this is going to be sort of part of my life? I mean, you went down there season after season yeah. after season. You know. I. You know, I never set out for it to be part of my life. I right. it was just never a conscious decision that says, "Oh, this is just something I'm going to do forever." Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you're not. So, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah, right. yeah. And in, even each year, I mean, more and more now, it's, it's it is becoming that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely never set out to be like a Patagonia climber. It was never a goal. It was never like, you know, I just wanted to have an adventure. I wanted sure. to like, go and do things. And and I've always just as opportunities have arisen in my life. I've weighed the pros and the cons and, and, and made decisions based off of that. I haven't made decisions often based upon the things I thought I wanted, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even, I don't have a five-year plan. Right. I have a six-month plan. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. Like, the five-year plan never works for me. And so, I mean, I, realistically, I guess every year I, I, I kind of reassess that, you know. And is it like, you know, going to Patagonia this year, like, the best option I have? If it is, that's what I'll do. If it's not this year, I probably wouldn't go. You know, and to me, it's still right now, like, oh, to me, that seems like the best decision I should make right now mm-hmm. is, to, is to go down there and go climbing. And, sure. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I really never set off, I guess, mm-hmm. for this to become such a part of my life. You know, I'm, I'm really happy I did. You know, that's, that's for sure. It's like, um, you know, such a positive influence. You know? I almost imagine now, I mean, I've never been down Here, there. Here, hold on real quick. I've never been down there. I'm I'm actually in the last couple of years, you know, way more interested in it. It's like, you know, I stopped big wall climbing to a certain extent, but I have the skills and it's I kind of have started to be just like, Well, dude, you gotta go down there before 
you know, before you hang it up, if, if you will. But um, I kind of imagine there's almost like, because of El Shaltan, because of guys like you that are returning often, um, the media I read, it feels like there is this little almost Yosemite-like core of climbers, you know, who almost, they're not Patagon or they're not Argentines necessarily, except for Rolo and maybe a few others, but feel like the locals, you know? And, and so what is the field down oh, there? Oh, God, that would get like, you beat up down there. Well, I know. I mean, yeah. I know. Well, well I mean, we're just, from the we're just a, thing, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just a, we, you know, we are visitors, um, It'd be hard for me to ever consider myself a local down there, but uh, well, not a local in terms of time. I guess I'm talking about the climbing, like yeah, if, yeah. Look, in the mountains, in base camp, like I would be considered a local well, up there. You know, people know, people expect me to be there. Well, like, and, and that's what I would get yeah, at. Like if absolutely. I was planning a trip, I would certainly get in touch with you because because yeah. uh, we we know each other, yeah. we're friends. I'd be like, dude, I'm coming down. Like, what do I yeah. need to know? Yeah, that, I guess that's what I'm talking about. I know the whole nationality thing. It's yeah. our, it's, it's Argentinian, touch, and that so got blah blown up with the compressor thing. But that's, I guess, what I'm getting at. Yeah. And so, do you? I mean, is it like? I mean, is it you walk in and, and oh it, like yeah, I mean, it feels like home. Oh yeah. gosh, yes. You know, I mean, it's. Is there a cafe that's the center of the universe? Oh, I there's 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 a little bit of a center of the universe. Yeah, there's right. kind of this place called the Central Alpino, mm -hmm. uh, which is where, where I stay and where I've kind of stayed for a long time now um for six seasons i guess it right. is and it's it's just a, a a bunch of little rental places owned by a an incredible uh, swiss german guy karsten and he you know he rents out these little shacks and right. whatnot and, and and that's kind of turned into one of the kind of the the meeting points if you will but town's so small that you just it's easy sure. you run into people in, right. in, you know, on the streets and stuff but there is quite uh, an incredible crew these days of americans uh that Many of them are returning, uh, you know, Colin Haley, uh, Joel Kaufman, you know, Rolo, who is, well, Rolo's kind of a mutt, you know, he's from all yeah, over the world, but, right. uh, Italian, Argentine, yeah, he, yeah. he lives here mo much of his yeah, life, absolutely, yeah, yeah, so, but there is a, there's a good, strong crew of us that, uh, return every year. Well, I was just kind of laughing because I, I, and this is all me imagining things, but, you know, you had the center of the universe and we were joking about, like, how it could be quite a slanderous little zone if 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 it turned that way yeah and then i'm like well god what's it like when the weather's bad for two weeks and all anybody has to do is like talk shit like, dude we go bouldering <laughs> right on awesome oh, right on yeah god, maybe some that of us some everything. of us like like well, hope for bad weather <laughs> these days yeah like go you know because when the weather's good the bouldering sucks so right. you actually want bad weather like you want like some cold temperatures and is uh, it hot in town like when the weather's good up in oh the oh yeah oh, oh okay. it's it's super hot like okay. I mean, the bouldering sucks then for sure okay. you don't want to be bouldering if the weather's good so um yeah but uh we quite quite a crew these days i mean it's, okay. it's amazing I, I threw a party last year at my place and i think we had close to 50 americans there holy shit Oh yeah! Oh, it was a party. Like right. we threw this big empanada party, and it was. Right. I mean, I packed a house. Like it mm -hmm. was packed, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Wow!" I think almost maybe there's a couple of Norwegians there, uh, but for the most part, uh, it was like these are gringos, you know. It's like, finally time for me to go. Then I'm ready. Oh yeah. I mean, if I can go to a giant party before I go up into the mountains, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would start hangboarding soon, though. Okay. Yeah. I already am. Don't okay, worry. Okay, good. Because that's the most, I mean, bouldering's the most important part these days. <laughs> Don't worry. That's what you do the now most. Now you're not of, selling so. me. Now, now, now you're losing me. Hey, I wasn't a boulder either until I showed up there. Uh -huh. So don't worry. 
It's a great scene for bouldering, actually. It's because it's a, often a bunch of alpine climber dudes, you know. Yeah. Not, so well, it's not like you're not getting crushed. Well, like, except when Tommy, except when Tommy and Alex are around, and right. then you are, you know. And Honold's doing everything in his yeah. goddamn approach shoes after yeah. like climbing, you know, Stan Hart, Tori Yeager, and you know, Zero yeah. Tori in like 24 hours. He's like, you know, flashing my V8 project in his fucking running shoes. Yeah, but at least he's not nine. I hate that guy. No. Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't? Um, Okay, cool. Well, you know, we're, we've gone an hour here. Let's. I kind of want to bring it back around. And I know you just said you don't have a six-month plan. The, the other thing, actually, I did want to kind of touch on before we finish up, though, is that, is that you know, in the recent years, you've, you've still continued to be a Yosemite climber, and uh-huh. you've still continued to, to do new routes there as well. And, I mean, the Father Time, that's the, the one yep, on Yeah, that's the, one of the ones on Middle. On Middle. It's cool because a place like Yosemite goes through all these phases, and even 20 years ago, people are like, "This thing, this place has climbed out." You know, like it's always climbed out. God, it's always I like all that. the great lines have been done, and yet you've managed to 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 walk around and Dude. find these these things to do. Yeah, like I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Like you, you're in that place. So how is it that you kind of like? You know, is it going to Patagonia and, and doing all those new routes and opening your eyes? Like, how is it that you walked through there and said, I can do some routes on this? Uh, right? I mean, I mean, it's like one of the iconic walls, yeah. right? Oh, God, there's so much left to do there. Right. It's just ridiculous. Honestly, like, there's, it's just, there's, there's a lot left to do. I mean, I have this sort of theory that leaving makes you come back with different eyes. And, yeah. And the problem is with the folks who are there constantly, it's like... You know, it's it's hard to kind of imagine yeah. a new a new way of looking at things. Well, I think I've always looked at a, a lot of things through a, a first ascent lens. I right. guess you could say I didn't the first ascent. I, I did my first first ascent. I think when I was sixteen. Uh huh. Put my first bolts in. I did a sport climb when I was sixteen. I put up. Um, so I mean, for me, I I grew up climbing with kind of a mentor, Jimmy Oder who put up a lot of the kind of sport climbs in this area and and that was because kind of how climbing was that's what you did in a mm-hmm. way it was like do first ascents like right. that was every th- that's just what you did you know that right. was climbing and so from a very young age i think i always looked at climbing is that that that's the ultimate okay you know expression is doing first ascents and so i mean really since i started climbing that's kind of the thing that's I've done her, okay. you know, and Yosemite. Yeah, I mean, coming, you know, leaving and coming back has been a little helpful. But I mean, I did my first new route there in two thousand and three, I think, on Fairview Dome, because I've done two new routes on Fairview Dome as well. And uh, you know, those it's pretty pretty far back there now. I mean, it was two thousand four or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is. It like what gives me the ability to kind of see these lines, you know, that, that I can look up and be like, oh, you know, there there's a line and. Part of it's maybe I look in the direction that nobody else is looking in. Mm-hmm. If everybody's looking that one, you know, one way, turn around and look the other way. Uh-huh. You know, that's probably where the stuff's going to be. You know, that's that's where the unclimbed lines are. Like El Cap, ooh, pretty hard up there. I mean, there's some lines, there's some stuff to do. Right. But you know, it's just been the center of, of attention for so long. I think mm-hmm. when you really start, you know, looking the other direction. And I mean, in specifically Middle Cathedral, I mean, that's like, you literally turn 180 degrees and turn around and look the other direction and you're right. just like, there's a, 
tw- I don't know, was twenty two hundred foot tall big wall. Right. Hopefully, I can call that one a big wall. If that does that count? Is that well, one count? Well, we'll have to. Okay. We'll, have to we'll consult. okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll work on that one, I guess. Twenty two pitches route. Twenty two pitch routes. Still not sure if they're big walls by uh, Chris Calusa's definition. That's okay. Uh, uh, not me. I mean, there's okay. other people that have okay. to weigh in on okay. this. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, well, that 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 rock on that other side of the valley is more featured in a lot of ways too. Well, I mean, it's some of the most naturally, you know, well, naturally featured, you know free climbing in Yosemite. Right. I mean, how much how much do you think on El, uh, on El Cap would go free if it wasn't for egg climbing? Mm-hmm. I've actually, I've wondered that, I've, I've thought, I think the about this question a lot. secret, you mean? That all those, all those, a lot of those free climbs have all been pinned out and that's what you're climbing on? Is that what do you're you getting think, at? Do you think there's a route on El Cap that would go free without those pins? It's a tough, uh, I would have to probably say no. Maybe. I mean, I mean maybe free rider would still. Might, it'd be harder. Maybe, yeah. It's the biggest, Chip, it, chipped crag in the world. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, I actually think it's kind of crazy, right? Like we 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 spend a lot of time, and the media pays so much attention to this. Mm-hmm. It, you know, in many aspects, rightfully so. It's it's the king, right? I mean, it's yeah. the captain. It's the big, beautiful, golden rock. It's the attractive one. It's the one, you know. Uh, I I do wish people would maybe open their eyes a little bit more and look around. And realize what else there is to do there. Sure. Um, that's really naturally free climbable. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that's. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a movement soon. You know, where people are going to go look for the routes that aren't chipped. Right. And I mean, uh, hopefully nobody's chipping on El Cap currently to go free climbing. Sure. But unfortunately, it's a byproduct of the eras before, and right. that's just right. okay. That's how it is. That's what we got. That's the. That's the form we've got now. That's it. That's the state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, there's a lot of climbing in Yosemite that hasn't been touched, that hasn't been climbed, that's waiting for people of the next generation that are way better than me. Right. I mean, I am not in the same league as a lot of those guys up there in El Cap. I mean, mm-hmm. I never. I mean, you know, obviously Tommy and, and Kevin and you, you name it, Mason Earl, um, they're so far beyond me. I mean, they're much better rock climbers than me. Uh, and I look forward to the time when people like that are able to like turn around and look somewhere else, sure, and just be like, "Oh, what else is there to climb here?" You know, mm-hmm. that's it's a little bit more of an adventure. That's a little bit more uh, natural. And I think there's a lot of really hard routes left to do in Yosemite. Sure, to be really, really proud. And so, well, what's the state of of you know? And I know it, it, bolting is legal. Um, "Quote unquote," as long as it's done by hand. Yep. But what's the state of like? Are you gonna get slagged off for bolting still? I mean, uh, uh, God, I think the only people that complain about my bolts is that I don't have enough of them. I think at this okay. point. <laughs> right. That's a good. That's a good place. <laughs> Even to myself, be. actually, one of the pitches. This is a great story. Uh, one of the pitches on a uh, little little side story up here on on, on Father Time. Uh, I I did a, a good portion of the route rope solo by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, more well, more than half the pitches I did. I did rope solo. There's a pitch about halfway that takes a, takes me up to this baby ledge, and I, I rope soloed this this pitch and was kind of like, oh, no big deal. I think I put a there's a couple bolts in it or something like that. Maybe there's one, and I did it. And I remember being like, oh, cool, that wasn't that bad. You know, maybe that was five nine or ten a. And I never did that pitch again until I was red pointing. And so I went back up there as I was actually trying to red point the whole route in a continuous ascent. And I really stalled out there. And I was just like, 
holy shit, this is kind of real. You know, like, this isn't 10A, and this is really run out. I was, you know, I was cursing myself. Oh, I've done it. I was like, why didn't I put another bolt in? Totally. What was I thinking? This is stupid. Like, right. I was like, you're going to take like a 50-footer on some like 10C slabby mantle. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I sucked it up and pulled it off and mantled it up there. I was like, oh, God. And then after, I, you know, I completed the route and... And Tommy Caldwell and Jonathan Segrist were the first team to try it after I did it. And I was up there with them, uh, just shooting some photos, giving them some beta, cleaning my fixed lines out of the way. And Tommy got to that pitch. And he stalls out. And he sits there, I don't know, must have been at least 10 minutes, up and down, like going left, going right. And he's like, what did you do? I'm like, I don't know, man. I thought it was like 10A. I did a rope solo, you know, by myself. And he's like, kind of like, you know, I mean, it's Tommy. He's not really cruxing out, but he didn't just like jaunt up it. You sure. know, he's like, dude, this is kind of hard. And he does it. He's like, man, I don't know. I think that might have been like 5'11 or something. And he's like, it's kind of run out. You know, I was like, oh my God, I should have put another bolt in there. So anyways, yeah, no, nobody really seems to give me that much shit. For so it remains, it remains this scary 511 mantle it's probably like 10 see if you go the right way i'm sure tommy's just like oh whatever i'm just gonna go this way and he just did he didn't read it right you know because he doesn't need to because he's so damn strong but uh yeah no we yeah we can still put bolts in in in, you know yosemite it's it's uh all hand drilling sure sure. a lot of people use power drills it kind of pisses me off but whatever well i was just curious i mean yeah you know again yeah. An era when I was there was very contentious about yeah. just about anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's I, I think it's amazing, and and those roots, the pictures look amazing, the roots look amazing. I mean, and it's great that they're, like I said, it's in the two two thousands. It's I mean, hell, Bridwell probably declared it climbed out in oh god yeah you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard all the I mean I've heard Chapoopy say it. I've heard a yeah. bunch of people say it. You know, and I'm just like ah. It's, okay. cl- it's climbed out for you, yeah, you know. That's totally. great. Like yeah. you know, you've you've moved on. That's yeah. fine. Like it's you, you left something for the rest of us, you mm-hmm. know. Like there's so much left to do, yeah. and, and I I really do look forward to when like the next generation comes in. It's that ventures beyond El Cap. Right. There's a there. It's it's gonna happen. It's soon. gonna happen. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Gonna happen it's soon. coming. Yeah. It's you know like as that place gets tapped out, yep. you know, or the, the El Cap, you know, people are gonna start looking around and find some incredible routes. So. Let's wrap this thing up because we have to go to our. Uh, I want to go see the guys speak tonight. But um, the last question, and again, I, I kind of started asking this a minute ago. But the, the six month plan, um, you're sort of based out of, out of uh, Oregon. Yep. You have a place up there. Yep. Um, Patagonia still figures. Oh yeah. Big in in your in your yep. lifestyle, kind of flipping back and forth yep. to down there. Um, you're working for Patagonia. You got a steady gig shooting photos. And uh, so, you know, I guess I'm asking what's next. Are you are you more than six months planned out? Or no we, way. No? No, I don't got anything past... Well, hold on. You got like, a lady friend it? who sends you creepy pictures from the yeah, OR? Yeah, she does that. That's awesome. No, <laughs> um, I mean, farthest out plan right now is February. Okay. What is it right now? What are we, in July? It's July. So there we go. I'm a little bit more now than six months out. Right. Sorry, but uh, that's about it, man. You know, I, you you always have the sprinter van fallback too. Oh yeah, I can hit the road. Yeah. Stuff comes up, and I like that. I like letting mm-hmm. stuff come up, mm-hmm. and and I and like I kind of mentioned this earlier. It's just like I've always just gone with this idea that 
you know, things will present itself. Right. You know, let them come up. Let them, let them like mature. You know, organically. Let, um, and and these decisions in life just you know as they arise, you you make the best decision you can. It's like you, mm-hmm. it's a game of cards, really, right? And you play the, the game, you know, as good as you can with the cards you got. It's not like, I mean. I see so many people being like, I want to do this in five years. I want to be this person. I want to be that. And I'm always like, but what if what if the cards that you're dealt aren't that? And then you're going to play them wrong. Because mm-hmm. you think that that's the card, you know, the hand you want to play. But it's like, but you should be going this other direction. You should be right. doing it this other way. But they're so set in their ways. It's like, this is what I want to do. And I think people can miss a lot. Um, so I, I try not to get sucked into that and allow whatever it is that arises, whatever trip, whatever experience that that I just make the decision, then it's like, well, I think right now this would be the best. And like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be a photographer in seven months, honestly. Like, if something else came along that got my interest, I would walk away. I'd be like, right. okay, hmm. that seems like a better gig for me right now. Like, that is fulfilling more of the things that I want out of life. Uh, it's, it's, you know, maybe I'm making money, I'm more artistic, uh, maybe it's bringing me to a different community that I've always wanted to be in. I don't know. But I know that if I said, oh, I want to be a photographer for the rest of my life or I want to do this, I might miss that other opportunity to go do something. And so I try to keep myself pretty open in what what I can do. you know. Um, but then again, if somebody said, you know, you don't get to go climbing tomorrow and that's not part of your plan. I would then we'd involved. have a problem. Then we'd have a problem. <laughs> Everything else can change in my life except going climbing. Exactly. You take that out of my life, oh, God, I'm done. I'll, right. give, I'll give up. I'll fold. No. I'll, I'll bail. Yeah. I think I've said it on the show before, maybe, but I feel like I, I would be the, the back to the future, you know, the photo that he starts to fade out of. Yep. Yeah. So if I stopped climbing, like, I would, there would just be pictures of mountains with nobody on them, yeah. cliffs. Yeah. It'd be like I'd be gone from all of them. You mean I just like that, that that ad for Polar Tech would disappear? Yes, it would. Wasn't that you in that? Yes, it was. Oh <laughs> yeah, it was. That would just that would that would evaporate, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, that was a paid gig. <laughs> oh, so you will sell your soul, huh? <laughs> yeah. We we know where we know where it lands with Chris Caloose here. How, wait, <laughs> how is how is going and hanging out in the Black Canyon for a day? Making money, selling my soul. Like, I love that place. <laughs> I know. So I was hanging out only 40 feet below the guardrail at the Overlook. What difference does it make? I was stoked. Whatever, it's 50 bucks, man. And I was reading this really good book, Omnivore's Dilemma, actually. It was what I was reading at the time. The other cool thing about that shoot is that it was really cold. But if you remember, it's a, it's a, um, it's a sleeping bag shoot. Yep. So Perfect. Like, whenever he would, like... Pull, pull his his uh, memory cards, and yeah. I just I'd mummify. Yeah, I'd just like wait and wait and wait, and then it'd be like time to shoot again. I'd be like open it back up. So, pretty good gig. Pretty good gig. Cool. <laughs> okay, I won't give you that much shit about it, but but yeah, I mean everybody knows where you land, so it's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Mikey. I think we're gonna wrap it up because we got to go check out the uh, the speakers, including our good friend. Uh, Hayden Kennedy's cool. going to speak tonight. Yeah, no, so looking forward to it. I'm done. I'm done talking. Yeah, thanks a lot for sitting down, and it seems like you're still able to see, which is nice. Uh, I've still got my sunnies on, but yeah. the Benadryl's kicking in. Right on. Uh, but no, thanks for having me on. It was a great pleasure. You know, that's uh, it's good chatting, man. In one of these days, I will be hitting you up for Patagonia Bay. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, hit me up in person. Don't email me. Okay. Might not ever get back to you. I, how am I going to find you? 
Probably a cliff somewhere. All right. Track down the black spurter. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks to Mikey for sitting down at the Lander Fest uh, and battling through that uh, allergic reaction and the sniffles. And uh, we had to keep the fan going in the background just to keep the air moving in there so you wouldn't go into anaphylaxis, anaphylaxis, phylactic, whatever you call that when you uh, seize up and keel over from an allergic reaction. All right, summer's halfway over, folks. And uh, I'm going to try to get this thing back on track, back to some decent dates, you know. Then we can let it start sliding again. The normal correction happens every once in a while. I'm also going to try to catch up on emails and stickers and things like that. Try, try, try. Uh, In the meantime, folks, get out there and have some fun. Do some climbing. Don't forget to check your knot. like the Viet Cong. And look, 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 I'm not even shooting you. It's crazy. And I'm spent.